Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are doing a Breaking It Apart episode. It's been a while since we did one of these. Uh, This is for those of you who have just maybe uh, become listeners recently and don't know about it. Breaking It Apart is kind of the opposite of a regular Piecing It Together episode. What we do is we take a look back at a classic and figure out a list of some movies that were inspired by it. And today, we are going to be talking about Steven Spielberg's Jaws, which is celebrating its 45th anniversary this weekend. So uh, it is a, I mean, this is a bona fide classic. I mean, Jaws, it, it really set so many trends as far as like blockbusters and what a summer movie is and monster movies and just... And Spielberg, you know, and and what Spielberg movies are. So there is a lot to talk about. Joining me for this one is Kate, who was on the show just a couple weeks back, and I'm really glad to have her back already so soon. And uh, we had a great conversation. And I'll also be following it up on Monday with a conversation with my mom, because she is a huge Jaws fan. She's a fan of anything with a shark in it. And so uh, that's going to be fun. That's coming up on Monday. So before we get into the conversation, I do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. You can join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces and uh you know just share the show we we always appreciate that if you're enjoying what you hear share it share it with all your friends we love it so let's get into this conversation about jaws all right so it seems like it was just a couple of weeks ago that she was here but back on the show we've got kate how's it going you couldn't keep me away i'm doing well how about yourself <laughs> i'm doing all right i am excited to Talk about the movie we're talking about today. We are going to go back. We're doing a Breaking It Apart episode. We are talking about Jaws, which is having its 45th anniversary this month. Yeah, and just what a what a cinematic titan. Whenever I reached out to you, I really wanted to talk about this, and I thought of you immediately because one of my favorite topics when I was studying film was the shark in cinema and just Mm -hmm. with the anniversary coming up i think it's a wonderful thing to be able to kind of look back at jaws and see the influence that jaws has had over the years because it's significant oh yeah absolutely i i that's like one of my major notes that i wrote down like 
thinking of a list of movies that were inspired by Jaws, we could sit here for hours. Like, there's so many. It's such a hugely influential movie. And I should get this out of the way, like, right at the top of this conversation. Uh, I just rewatched it the other day with my mom. And this is one of those movies where it's like, there is absolutely no way I didn't see this as a kid. I'm 100% sure. But as I'm sitting there watching the movie, I'm like, this is like a new movie to me. I haven't seen it in so long. Is this something you revisit a lot? Yeah. So my history with this movie is a long one. I, uh, my mom was very largely responsible for my film education when I was little. Mm-hmm. And she loved films like Rosemary's Baby and kind of scary movies. And so she wanted me to enjoy scary movies. And she started me out on Jaws. Mm-hmm. So I was eight or nine whenever, like around eight, like I was quite young when I saw this for the first time. And one of my most vivid memories of film is the head that floats out of the shipwreck or the, uh, the (laughs) eyeball. (laughs) Yes. And I, I have this, like, I remember where I was when I saw it for the first time. Like I, I remember And so it's a perfect summer film. And here in Austin, we do the Jaws on the Water event through the Alamo Draft House. So it's almost a summer tradition to go out and float on the water and watch Jaws and then just loving sharks and cinema and spending so much time with that in college. Like I I have seen Jaws many times. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, uh, I... Speaking of of moms, uh, I actually recorded a little 10-minute bonus conversation with my mom after we finished watching. So that'll be coming up on the show uh, after this episode airs. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun talk. But uh, why don't we start jumping into some pieces? And of course, with Breaking It Apart, Puzzle Pieces has a little bit of a different meaning. We're looking forward at movies that were inspired by Jaws. But uh, what do you got for your first piece? I have Tremors. Nice. So probably a little bit of kind of an opposite polar end situation. But one thing that is present in Jaws that is also present in Tremors is the hidden nature of the monster. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's one of the most compelling things about Jaws when you're watching it is that so much of the shark is hidden. You don't really get a good look at it until the very end. Mm-hmm. And um, if you study musical composition at all, you will see throughout the uh, score for this film that the shark's presence is very attached to the music. Sure. You know, so there is no visual cue, but it's all it's all there. You feel that presence. You hear that music change. And so for Tremors, you get very much the same thing where for most of the film, it's this mysterious, unseen threat, you know, below the surface in a very different way. Than we see in Jaws and, you know, bringing a ragtag team together to take a monster down. It's a classic story. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as a composer myself, I mean, that is absolutely right. Like when I get a film, I tend to work in horror a lot with the, the stuff that I work on. And when I get a film and, you know, it's my job to create music for it and they send me the film with no music, there's there's no tension there's no scariness you know to anything happening it's just oh here's an empty room and nothing is happening and it's my job to kind of elevate that and so john williams here i mean just absolutely the master when it comes to that absolutely like probably his most iconic work or part of it 
Yeah, definitely one of his top for sure. So I'm going to continue on with what I think is probably going to be the most obvious piece on my list. And I don't always point to a director to another movie by a director, but I had to bring up Jurassic Park as a puzzle piece here. I mean, he is Spielberg is clearly returning to the summer blockbuster, you know, monster flick with, uh, you know, the the exciting creatures. It's just a big thrill ride. Uh, Lots of jokes peppered throughout. Um, All these, this big cast of characters who are separate people, but they all kind of come together to to save the day kind of thing. And it's just the perfect setup for a blockbuster. And, you know, it, it... Maybe maybe it's nostalgia for me, but Jurassic Park to me is the better, more perfect movie for me personally. But I know most people, especially people who grew up at the time when when Jaws was out, would probably say that's the much better movie. I, I think it's arguable either way. But, you know, certainly Spielberg is working in the same the same realm in both of these. Oh, yeah. And and I think what's I think that's a really perfect uh, step forward, you know, going from Jaws to Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. because Jurassic Park had special effects and capabilities that still just hold up so beautifully today. And so I, I agree with you 100% that there's so much that the film shares. And I think your love of it can come from a variety of places. Like, what do you want out of your monster? Mm-hmm. What do you want it to say? So yeah, I, I love Jurassic Park. For me, they're a perfect double feature. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I actually that that's really true. I would love, you know, with theaters, you know, slowly starting to open up. I mean, I'm not ready to go back yet at the time of recording, but once we are ready to go back, I would love to see that double feature in the theater. Absolutely. So I so since we're going a little Jurassic, mm-hmm. I can jump forward to the Meg. Nice. A very recent entry on this list. Um so something that all three films, Jurassic Park, Jaws, and The Meg, have in common is they both come from literary source material. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, Jaws was a novel back in the 70s. Uh, Jurassic Park was, of course, Michael Crichton's big piece. And then uh, The Meg comes from a series of books by uh, Steve Alton. I believe that uh, the first Meg book came out in the 90s, mid to late 90s. I'll double check on that. Mm-hmm. So, what The Meg does is it kind of straddles those two films in that it is a ancient Jurassic shark mm-hmm. that is brought forward into the world. And of course, with any shark film, there's very clear homage to Jaws. Like Jaws invented the shark as a cinematic figure. Like all of those iconic, the fins slicing through the water, mm-hmm. the image of the predator passing underneath, you know, the bikini babe of the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that all comes straight from Jaws. It's incredibly present in the Meg. And in my study of sharks in cinema, I came to recognize the shark not just as an iconic horror figure, mm-hmm. you know, coming from Jaws, but I think that there's a lot of parallel between shark films and politics. Shark films always align very closely with environmental concerns. I mean, even now in the age of COVID-19, mm-hmm. there have been plenty of Jaws memes yeah. going around referencing, you know, the villainous mayor who opened the beaches when he knew it was dangerous. And it's very interesting how shark movies and especially Jaws 
tend to position themselves in this really political way. And the Meg is a very recent example of that, kind of in the Jurassic Park vein of science going too far. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I didn't like the Meg. I thought it was like super boring and it was disappointing to me. But at the same time, I was almost going to include it on my list because just the fact that only a couple of years ago and we're getting another jaws basically like that 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 formula is still so prevalent in movies and i mean that's not even counting you know the probably 20 you know direct to streaming jaws type movies that have come out recently but to to speak to the politics angle i was really uh i wouldn't say surprised because like you said the memes are out there but you know again not having seen jaws in 20 plus years and not really remembering it very well i mean this is like the ultimate you know but the economy movie you know mm-hmm. it really it really is perfect for what's been happening these last few months and i i loved i wrote down one uh like kind of throwaway line one one of the townspeople uh when they're talking about closing things down for the day uh says 24 hours is like 3 weeks and it's just like, how much is that? Just everybody, uh, everybody who is like out there in the streets, like complaining about shutdowns and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, 45 years since the release. And, and we as a society have not changed much. <laughs> not a bit. <laughs> well, uh, I will go to another piece then. And I'm going to go just a few years later uh, after Jaws to... Roger Corman's 1978 Piranha, which is pretty much like a parody in a lot of ways. And, you know, a lot of these, uh, you know, creature feature type movies definitely leaned into the comedy aspect of of Jaws, of, you know, kind of the silliness of these people all getting picked off by, you know, whatever these creatures are. And, um, you know, it, it is scary. It definitely, you know, makes you scared of the water. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's prime for for comedy, you know. And uh, I actually personally really loved the 2010 update, uh, Piranha 3D, which is a pseudo-remake uh, slash continuation of the story. Mostly a remake, though. But, but yeah, I, I was almost going to use that one, but I figured I'd use the original, though, as the actual puzzle piece. Well, you know, that's the really fun thing about horror is that it's such a formulaic genre. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what sort of film you're watching, you know, for slasher films, for anything, there are, there's formula, there are tropes, and it's always interesting to see how it starts off terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know, so you go back to the slasher films of the early 80s when it's played for real scares, and then you go all the way to Scream where now it's so familiar that it can be played on. And I mean, the shark movie functions exactly the same way. Yeah. My, um, my study of shark films actually started with Sharknado. Nice. I was in a film class and we had the opportunity to choose a film and it had to be based on, it was all about how animals are presented and personified in culture. Mm-hmm. And so we had to choose an animal film. I wanted to do sharks. I've always loved sharks. And I had to sell my professor on Sharknado. And she's like, tell me about the academia of Sharknado. And it's like, well. <laughs> I can... Well, it has really strong roots and jaws. And that's a perfect example mm-hmm. of how the shark genre is truly terrifying, has terrified and fascinated people for years. And with its own funny set of tropes, you know, we've all, we all can conjure up the image of the bikini babe 
paddling in the water, you know, being filmed from underneath. Right. Yeah. You know, we've all we've all had the uh, the the sex rules apply. You know, in horror films, the couple that goes and makes out in the water, they don't come out. Nope. <laughs> and that has just extended so so far, and you see it all present in Sharknado, Sharktopus, Megalodon versus Mecha Shark, all fantastic movies. I just think it would have been really funny right now if uh, if you had come with a list and right there you just you just kept going and going and going, not just three, but like fifty <laughs> of those kinds. I of mean, movies. the knowledge is there, and you're not looking at my notepad, but they're all there. <laughs> yeah. Three headed shark attack, swamp shark, ghost shark. I just watched Ouija shark the oh. other day. Yeah, one of my friends said it was uh, pretty pretty fun. <laughs> I um. My partner takes absolutely zero interest in what I do, but every now and then I'll have a screener that he's like, oh, I'd like to watch that with you. <laughs> and uh, he was very disappointed in Ouija Shark. He's uh, like, I can't believe that of, of all the stuff that we had time to sit down for this week, you saved this for me. Uh, I didn't know. It's a shame it didn't live up to expectations. No, not nearly <laughs> enough Ouija. So uh, I guess I will. What was was that uh, combination of Sharknadoes? Was that your your next puzzle piece? Yeah, I would I I would say that um, I had officially listed Sharktopus okay um, as my puzzle piece, but all kind of that whole silly shark genre, mostly stemming from either environmental anxieties that are shown in Jaws or governments sticking shark heads on octopus <laughs> perfect perfect all right well then i will move on to my next piece which you were actually kind of just hinting at a little bit in uh, that last little uh discussion there which is slasher movies kind of in general i was going to kind of point to the friday the 13th movies which came around five years later and never stopped from there on for a solid decade or two. Um, but you know, the, this movie does kind of lay down the blueprint for the slasher movie of, you know, opening with one death and then, Oh, something's in the town or something's at the camp or, you know, there, there's something killing people. And then we slowly get to see one more death after another death after another death until finally they, you know, get to really reckon with this thing and, and try to fight back. And it's a tried and true formula and it works super well. And, uh, the reason I was going to point specifically to the Friday the 13th is because there's a lake involved. So, <laughs> so, uh, what do you have for your next piece? I've got three left that I know I want to talk about, but a kind of quick jump over to sort of follow with your, you know, Jaws, Jaws is a flexible film. It doesn't have to just function in terms of creature features and uh, shark horror specifically. Mm -hmm. um, Alien. Sure. When Alien was first pitched, it was pitched as Jaws, but in space. That was how, that's how the concept was put together. That's right. And so kind of following with your same deal, except in the world of kind of horror sci-fi, this creature, you know, th this monster this monster that you're only getting hints of. It's a big reveal. It's very fun to see that tension built slowly up. I think of it like a HP Lovecraft. Sure. You know, anytime you leave a, you read a Lovecraft story, the description is, Oh, and the monster was, Oh, it was horrible. And you're like, what does it look like? Oh, you couldn't, it's terrible. Believe me. <laughs> and, and just that playing with the human imagination 
something that Jaws does really, really well. I mean, any great monster piece, whatever incarnation you find it in, that, that is a crucial element. And I think Jaws is the, the OG. For sure. Absolutely. In terms of really directing that. I think another uh, element of, of Alien that I think is a good parallel with Jaws is uh, these are, they're both stories that could have gone big, you know, the, send in the military and, you know, all kinds of stuff, but they're kept in, you know, tight quarters with, you know, just a few characters that are fighting back and, uh, you know, keeping it more of a small uh, scale story. And I think that is part of the reason that Jaws has endured the way that it has, because, you know, these big shoot 'em up, you know, I think about kaiju films. Sure. You know, where it's the world v. Godzilla. Yeah. You know, you remember the monster, but the film, the film just kind of hits, you know, as a big action piece. With Jaws, the characters are incredibly memorable. Mm-hmm. We all remember the mayor. We remember the chief. You know, we, it's this great contained area in another place where the score, um, plays with musical cues a lot. Every character has a distinct theme and it's very cool to musically hear that mesh together. Yeah, they do such a great job with that in this. So uh, I will jump to another piece here. And I think, you know, this one honestly probably could have just, you know, been right there with like Jurassic Park or something like that. But I got it on my list, so I'm going to bring it up. And that is Independence Day, uh, a movie that I personally love so much. I just think it's so much fun. It's the most ridiculous summer blockbuster. And I think it's just, I think it's like, it marks the evolution of the summer blockbuster, which of course Jaws is basically uh, giving credit for pretty much starting. And I think Independence Day kind of took it to another level, kind of, and everything since, every major summer blockbuster since has kind of been doing the Independence Day thing in a lot of ways. And really, it is the same thing. It's that that cast of everyman characters who all end up having to come together to save the day from this big threat. And, you know, you get the thrills and the jokes and the action and, you know, and it's just, it's everything you expect from a summer blockbuster, just all rolled into a big, huge package. That's a fantastic choice. I hadn't even thought about Independence Day, but you're a hundred percent right. And again, another perfect summer movie. Yeah. Your triple feature of Jaws, Jurassic Park, <laughs> and then Independence Day. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what, what do you got next? And I, I'm just realizing now I, I have one more piece and uh, after this, and I probably should have used it uh, earlier on. It's not exactly a, a, a go out on a bang one, but regardless, what, what do you got for we'll your next piece? Post. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move it around. <laughs> so, um... This this next film that I'm thinking of, kind of, I see it as a turning point, sort of the scream of the shark genre, where we're going from sincere terror to all the way up to Sharknado, but Deep mm-hmm. Blue Sea. Oh, nice. Deep Blue Sea, that was another film that I saw at way too young of an age. Loved Deep Blue Sea. It takes the shark something that I'm, and I've got to try to find the best way to just not go off on a Bruce the Shark from Jaws tangent. Sure. The really cool thing about Jaws and all the subsequent sequels, if you've seen the Jaws sequels, mm-hmm. is you know that the shark gets smarter and the shark has. Um, there's Jaws the Revenge, which is a 
a movie. (laughs) (laughs) And somehow the shark can track the family across the world and all that. My, my mom made me watch the, uh, the opening kill scene of that after we finished watching the first Josh, she was like, you've got to see this before you head home. (laughs) Oh man. It's such a fun movie. All those sequels are fun. Yeah. And I love how, and I'm lumping this all in with Jaws, but it really is kind of the Jaws franchise. Mm-hmm. Taking that sincere horror of just a very natural, you know, man versus predator classic story, and then being able to build off of that villain and make the shark a more interesting character, giving you slightly different stories. And Deep Blue Sea really kind of takes that whole concept and condenses it. Mm-hmm. Or it's these big predator sharks. It's presented in a in a really interesting way, but there's the little twist of oh, the sharks are smarter. The military's been experimenting on sharks, and now they're geniuses. Yeah, <laughs> and that combination of human innovation and the nature's killing machine. And ever since Deep Blue Sea, that has been super prevalent within the shark genre. We've kind of moved. I'm trying, I'm, I'm thinking back on all my shark films and with the exception of like Shark Night 3D, most shark films have taken that direction of the enhanced shark. Shark Night 3D just has sharks in a lake. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a movie too. And, and, it's, and it's 3D. So it's and it's that. 3D. <laughs> Not good 3D, <laughs> but it is. So yeah, I, I like to think of Deep Blue Sea as the scream of shark cinema pulling from what Jaws did with the entire franchise. Sure. I, I think that that absolutely works. And great movie. Like, one of my favorite of the shark uh, subgenre of horror movies. I, I think it's just such a fun movie. And also, not on my list, but I, I was almost going to include it, but I think the same summer, Lake Placid came out. Yes! That yeah. was my last one. Oh, really? That's on your list? Okay, mm-hmm. sorry, I stole it from you. Yeah, Lake Placid okay. was a, a lot of fun, and totally, like, it, it felt like uh, monster movies were going to be back for a while after that summer with those two movies. Well, I think just, it's such a common fear, and that's one thing I love about sharks and cinema, is if if you've ever looked at any of my other work in horror, I love to talk about horror in terms of a societal lens. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you're talking about gender and politics, like horror likes to put itself in the current moment. What I love about shark cinema is that even though it manages to stay very current and very political, in my opinion, it still, it always goes back to the most basic fear, the most basic formula of what scares us. And I think sharks are really uniquely positioned that way. Yeah. Just this you big can't mouth do that with, with teeth. Ghosts or killers. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just perfectly scary. You know, they were just mm-hmm. made that way. It's crazy. <laughs> so, uh, all right, well then, I'll go with my last piece then, which is just an absolute classic. Uh, it's called Anaconda. Starring John Voight and J Lo and Ice Cube, and uh, it's such a freaking good movie. And I think the reason I wanted to include it, aside from just being an amazing movie, it's taking a real scary creature and just making it bigger. It's the biggest one of that creature. You know, it's not like like you said. A lot of these movies nowadays, they're like somehow science fiction enhanced or whatever, and all this stuff. No, this is just a big one. 
you know? Yeah. <laughs> a big old snake, big old shark. It needs no further introduction. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I absolutely love that movie. And um, it, it's I, I think I'm due for a revisiting. I, I haven't seen that in almost as long as I hadn't seen Jaws, but I, I loved it back in the day. So much yeah. fun. So, uh, you know what? And I'm going to just throw in one quick last minute addition that I hadn't thought of including, but I think it's worth mentioning. And that is last year's Crawl. Uh, which was a fantastic movie with uh, with the alligators set in Florida during a storm. And it just amps up that whole fear factor of just, you know, nature's killing machines coming at you and there's just nothing you could do about it. Like fighting back is just, it. it's survive or simply don't. You're going to get eaten, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that you mentioned Crawl because one of my, an offshoot of my shark obsession is the shark as a harbinger of environmental anxieties. Mm. And, I, and, and remember, I had to pitch this to a film professor and it's like, no, like sharks embody man's inability to control the sea. And, sure. and it's all about, you know, our, you know, trying to dominate a realm we don't belong in and then following through to films like Sharknado um, and I think there's like a shark tsunami movie as well, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, we're now we're in a we're in sort of an environmental crisis where there is a lot of anxiety at the individual and global level of what our impact on the earth has been, yeah, and what retribution will come from nature. And so it's kind of fun to play with the idea of a superstorm that brings nature's greatest killing machine right to your door. Be it a Sharknado or a hurricane that brings the gators into your house. Like, I love this moment that we're in of like combining the natural disaster and the creature feature. Yeah. And like nature's come back and it's going to bite you in the ass. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I completely agree. I think it's, it's so ripe for these kinds of movies. And I, that's part of the reason I love crawls because it did it, you know, on a, you know, I don't want to talk bad about our beloved B movies or anything like that. They're they're great and they serve a purpose, but it did it on a little bit of an elevated level, which is what I loved about it so much, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to do the finished puzzle here, uh, the movies we talked about while talking about Jaws included Tremors, Jurassic Park, The Meg, Piranha, and Piranha 3D, uh, Sharknado, Sharktopus, and a whole lot of other movies like that. Uh, Friday the 13th and similar slashers, Alien, Independence Day, Deep Blue Sea, Lake Placid, Anaconda, and Crawl. So, I, you know, I think it's, it's pretty clear that, you know, the creature feature, the horror movie, the summer blockbuster, I mean, there's so many, like, sub-genres here that all have gotten so much influence from, from this movie. I mean, it's a classic for a reason. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Just a, a titan. It's what movies are about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I almost feel bad that I hadn't seen it in so long. I definitely hope to to watch it again sometime soon. Uh, do you have any other any final thoughts about Jaws that we didn't really get to or anything? It's such a wonderful gateway piece. You know, like I mentioned at the outset, my experience with Jaws was as a as an opening to a lifetime of watching horror through my mother. Mm-hmm. Jaws is very scary, 
but it's the sort of accessible scary that has a lot of mainstream appeal. You don't have to go deep horror community to find something really enjoyable in this movie. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I love to think about it. It is a fantastic film to show to, especially to young people, to get them interested not just in film, but in in horror. Sure. No, I think, I think absolutely. Uh, I think it's also... You know, maybe for some people whose film knowledge doesn't extend too far back before the '90s, I think it's a it's a it's a good pre-'80s movie to to you know send them to because it's it's just so much fun and you know they're not going to really be missing a lot that you know that modern films you know maybe give them that they aren't usually seeing in in earlier films and you know i'm certainly one of those people my pre 80s or 70s film knowledge doesn't stack up to what i know you know since then and it was it was a very easy and fun watch that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah uh, one last thought I just wanted to throw out there is I don't know if it's even a real movie or not, but Tommy Wiseau has the movie called Big Shark supposedly in development, and I really look forward to that. <laughs> I'm big fan of Tommy Wiseau and his work, um, <laughs> an esteemed creator in our space. Yes. and That's the way to put it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the notion of a big shark in New Orleans, that... I'd love to see it. Top of the list. Top of the list. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, do you have any other movie you watched recently you'd like to recommend to our listeners, Kate? Mm. Shirley came out very recently. I believe it's streaming on Hulu now and available to rent elsewhere. Shirley is really, really fantastic. Uh, When I was last here, we talked about The Vest of Night. It was upcoming Mm -hmm. uh, when you and I last spoke. It is now available on Amazon Prime. That's another fantastic example of just classic ideas of cinema being beautifully portrayed in the contemporary. So I really recommend that. And go watch Jaws. Yes. It's the summertime. It's the summertime and many of us are still spending more time at home. So get your beach vibes the good old fashioned way in front of the TV. Absolutely. This is going to be going up the day before the 45th anniversary of Jaws, so people go watch it, absolutely. And uh, hopefully by the time this goes up, I'll have finally watched Shirley. We've tried like three times, and every time we get interrupted and then have to turn it off, so it's going to get watched. Oh, yeah, it, it is a, you got to sit for it. Yeah. It, it, you got to it, it, prepare. It felt like the kind of movie that we're, we had to like be in, and we're like, yeah, th- this isn't happening today. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's save it. <laughs> well, Kate, thank you uh, again for being here. This was a great conversation about Jaws. Tell people where they could find the rest of your work. Absolutely. So the best place to follow me is on Twitter at Kate Does. That's at C A I T D O E S. Uh, what Kate does is entertainment journalism, feature pieces on film and culture, film reviews. Um, I will send this piece to you so maybe you can include it for those that are interested. I've written about sharks and environmental anxieties before last summer for Film Inquiry. It's one of my favorite pieces. So if you are curious about going deeper into that, there I do have references for you. That's sweet. That I'll definitely put that link in the show notes for people. So thank you so much for coming back so soon to do this. Um, maybe we'll do it again one of these days. I'd love to. Oh, it's... I'm a regular now. This is so much fun. Awesome. Well, I look forward to it, Kate. We're queer. We're geeks. 
Queer Queeks. Superheroes, Star Wars, Broadway, Drag Race. So if you're super gay, super nerdy, or anything in between, listen to Queeks today. Wherever fine podcasts are sold. And find us on Instagram at Queeks Podcast. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Jaws. Uh, Remember on Monday, I got my mom coming by. We're going to be talking about it too. Just a little 10 minute quickie but uh it's 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 funny so you're gonna want to check that out so make sure you're subscribed to piecing it together wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and of course you will get that right there in your podcast app immediately when it goes up or you know within a couple hours or something like that i don't know how the apps work i think uh sometimes it takes a little bit of extra time for it to to download or for it to finish making its way through the rss feeds and doing all the stuff that podcasts do i can't keep track anyway i think uh we can wrap this thing up for today uh you know just want to thank you all for listening so much and you know what we're gonna play a track a piece of music to close it out as i always do on this show but before we do i just want to let you know there is a contest going on over on our website. So check the show notes of this Jaws episode for more details. You can also find out about it over on social media, at PiecingPod. Um, but we have a contest going on for a Mondo Jurassic Park jigsaw puzzle, which is super cool. I kind of wish I was just keeping it for myself, but I'm going to be giving this thing away. So more details on how to enter check out the show notes for this episode or go follow us on social media and get the info over there. But uh, yeah, contest time. And there's going to be tons more contests in the coming months. Uh, We're just trying to find the best ways to run these things, but I want to do all kinds of fun stuff like that in the coming months. So let's close this thing out with a piece of music like we always do. And I think for, I've played this on the show a bunch of times in the past, but I think for a movie like Jaws, it's very fitting to play this track cut open from my album, an unseen sky. So this is cut open. Enjoy it. Make sure to check out that contest to try to win that Mondo Jurassic park jigsaw puzzle. And, uh, thanks for listening. As always, we'll be back with more piecing it together coming up next week.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.